Coming up on this episode of Belief Hole. For thousands of years, cultures around the world have cultivated an unusual shared belief that in the autumn season, the veil between this world and the next thins and the dead return to Rome. The most well-known, of course, is Samhain, the ancient Celtic holiday that gave birth to Halloween. One can't help but wonder that these traditions, in fact, honor a real supernatural occurrence, a mass visitation of nocturnal visitors. What do these spirits seek? And what sorts of otherworldly creatures follow them through this transient gateway? On this episode of Belief Hole, we explore chilling accounts of a shadowy cast of characters, from the ancient Tuatha Danann to the fear-eating dogmen of Matanuska Valley, and all the sorts of eerie entities in between. Join us as we light a candle, set out the candy, and conjure up true tales of Halloween. Synchronicity, Sasquatch, Homunculus, Alien Races, Satanism in Hollywood, MK Ultra, Tartaria. There's like a whole. I've been watching this one guy. Like, Close the door, in. Jury! Close your door! What's the uh, Inner Earth Disagreements? Ghost Dad! <laughs> I like that movie. Dogman, Bohemian Grove, Corey Feldman, Magicians are Demons, Spectres, Spirits, Spirits Sleep Paralysis, Strange Disappearances, Sky Whale Phenomena, yes. Alternative History, Shadow People. Shh, quiet, I'm trying to say words with the mouth. It's getting dicey out there. Poltergeists. That's cool. Anunnaki. What is the moon? <laughs> Elf Towers. I would never talk about it. That's old. Y2K. Cover ups. Apocalyptic catastrophe. Vampire. Well, hello, hello, and welcome. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. <laughs> I am John. I'm Chris. And I'm Jeremy. And we are your hosts for this fantastical and spooky most sacred event. Absolutely. For the whole world. Yes. Even those that don't celebrate it. Are a part of it. It's around you all the time. They don't know it because the other world is opening, whether they see it or not, whether they celebrate or not. That old veil is lifting. And the tornadoes are coming out. Yes, we had an interesting uh, beginning to today. Yes, we did. Is there anything more creepy than that strange cadence of the tornado siren in the distance? Right before we started the show, we had a spooky tornado siren come on. Yeah, we're just about to hit record after an hour of catching up with each other. Then the siren came and then the phones went off and mother called. Mother, mother dearest called. <laughs> but it was freaky. It was weird. It didn't seem that, well, we were talking about weather again, aren't we? I know. Well, this time it's, <laughs> this time it's fair. It was very calm for the first 20 minutes that we were waiting for something to happen. It just looked like a fall day with kind of gloomy out. Yeah. And then towards the end, it, it definitely had that kind of ominous feel where the winds were kind of, nothing too extreme, but they were kind of coming from all directions and the clouds were moving weird. The and birds were scattering randomly. and Yeah, mm-hmm. there was just some weirdness. And I think some tornadoes touched down yeah. close by. There was one in Creston and I think one in Wadsworth. And there was rumors of one in our town. Nothing too serious, but it was definitely ominous. Definitely an interesting way to start this Halloween episode. This is going to be good. We did a call out for 
people who had strange experiences on or near Halloween, kind of last minute. And we got a couple great submissions. And then we've also pulled some stories from one of my favorite resources, the Fortiana blog, which is kind of like Reddit, but really for dedicated researchers of the strange and paranormal. So we got some stories from there, some great ones, I think. And they, again, like every time we do an episode, things seem to, the research seems to lead into conjunction, a conjunction, yeah, like a combining, a nexus point, a crossroads, if you will. Um, with some of your research, Jeremy, it happens a lot where there's just a weird coincidence or synchronicity, Don't if you want to call it that, where things lead to other things. But today we'll be doing stories, uh, true horror Halloween stories that happen on or near Halloween. Punching your back since everyone probably wants yeah, to know. Yeah, I can do that, I guess. Uh, but yes, for those of you who were nice enough to say, I hope you feel better, uh, my old man back has grown young again. <laughs> and I am able to put down it my cane. It was scary for a minute. Yeah, I went to the ER. It was rough. And you were on your back for several days. He dedicates days. his life to this show. It's probably honestly what broke your back. Oh, wanna, for sure it well, is. Well, I mean, I did trampoline one day, but... I did trampoline one day. I well, it's it probably was, because your back already was messed up from your this position, this goblin position you have when you're editing. Yeah. The idea that the trampoline hurt it after like <laughs> thousands of hours sitting in the same yeah. position. And special thank you to Sula Rose for sending me a book. Yeah! Oh, cool. I can read on my deathbed. Quackery. <laughs> yeah, this is perfect for it too. Quackery, a brief history of the worst ways to cure everything. What a sweet gift. Yeah, that's great. I've actually heard of this book, uh, but I did not have it. So I'm excited. Well, thank you, Sue. Thank you very much. So, you know, it's funny is when I read that book, I was like, I bet if we talked about a lot of these, a lot of the episode would be us saying, you know, actually, I think this works. <laughs> there <laughs> right. are some things in there that I'd be like, I've done that. That'd be a I think fun show, helps. actually. Yeah, I think we should do it for sure. It'd be fun to do more historical oddities. That might be like a good that. live stream, actually. Yeah. Just a fun kind Bring of... Bring up some pictures. I don't think we need to see pictures of bad cures from the past. I just I have the worst visions in my head. Well, we'll do the mediocre. Bloodletting and... Letting a vein breathe. That's what they called it. Ugh. It was for the upper crust. And I would even wonder, maybe there's something to that. They release the humors, right? Mm-hmm. Balance the humors. Don't do that. Don't let your blood out. Keep it in there. Keep in your blood. What if it's bad blood? What are you, Taylor Swift? Is that her song? Speaking of blood, we've got some gory stories. Gory? No, I just was trying to kind of patch that conversation together. Oh. But no, they're, they're more spooky than gory. More strange and um, odd. Peculiar. Let's move in to the darkness. I wanted to start that darkness by bringing a little bit of contemporary information, John. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why do you laugh? You totally pull us back out of that. Like, let's uh, move too. into the dark by talking about some modern... Uh... I had some information I thought was... Go ahead. Let's hear what you yeah, got. Yeah, no, here. it just sounded funny. Oh. More than ah. I there's some contemporary news. I don't know if you've heard this, John. There's some trouble happening right now. Uh, it's kind of under the radar, but it's percolating up. There's trouble happening mm-hmm. in the world? Specifically in New York, and not the kind that you're thinking of. Okay. That is quite obvious. But uh, apparently there have been an increased amount of actual reported hauntings in New York City. Trouble. You hear about this? There's been a measured spike in PKE readings, apparently, across the city. You know what PKE means? Uh, no. That's right, psychokinetic energy. Okay. <laughs> That's reporting readings across the city. I don't know how oh, they can detect that, that now. Apparently. Maybe um, it's just because the state of the world itself is becoming more like anxious. And remember, we always talk yeah. about the feeding and the fear. Maybe there's just openings because uh, who knows? It's possible. It, it is really interesting, though, because there is a weird connection with Halloween. So, I mean, is this you're talking about just recently? recently? Like last couple weeks. Like Manhattan. But is it mm-hmm. like happen every year towards the Halloween thing? Or? It's the first time it's been registered at this level. But just to, there is a... <laughs> Who is reporting these findings? <laughs> so there's a weird tie-in with the actual the source of Halloween, which we're going to be talking about a little bit about today. Because we all know that there is a, a true history behind Halloween. I don't know how much you know, how much you know, how much I know. 
I know now how much I know, but there's some fascinating roots of what we are practicing today, but there's a weird tie-in because in New York City, just the last couple of weeks, they brought in a relic from Ireland, apparently around this cave, which is the birthplace of Halloween. Since they brought this to New York, there've been this increase in hauntings and they've actually seen reports of ghost inspectors coming out that they've had to try and capture. From this relic that they brought in from Ireland? Yeah, from the relic. This is this plot synopsis to Forever Halloween, which is from the real Ghostbusters, the animated cartoon. Oh my God. But. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> I think Jerry just did a whole fake segment. No, no, no. I'm setting it up because. Is this real or are you just making this up? That was, that was made up. But the, the cool part is, is that. Wow. As I, so I was trying to get prepared for. 400 ha- unsubscriptions. <laughs> I was trying to get prepared for Halloween. Don't you do it. So just to be clear, there's no weirdness in, uh, no spectral weirdness happening in accelerated numbers in Manhattan. I mean, right it's now. possible. Okay. The whole What? This is really bad because I was like, this sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. Don't worry. This is going somewhere interesting. So this- Okay. Bring it home. The reason I came across this is because there's actually a surprising amount of information in the original Ghostbusters cartoon, the real Ghostbusters. Uh, but <laughs> put your head down, John. <laughs> it's my heart. Put your head is down. Don't worry. I know where he's going. This is all set up to good information. Yeah, mischief managed, okay? I'm back in. Uh, Jeremy's attempted humor. The reality of what I'm trying to talk about is the source of Halloween, which is this cave. Yeah, this is cool. I didn't know about this. It is this year that that Ireland is trying to get this recognized as World Heritage Site from UNESCO because I didn't know this either, but apparently thousands of years ago, on this day, or on Halloween, technically November 1st, but the eve of, of that would be October 31st, the end of summer was the Celtic holiday of Samhain. And that started several thousand years ago where they would, and I will quote here, this is from the Britannica, but I have several sources here that are very interesting. In ancient Celtic religion, one of the most important and sinister calendar festivals of the year, at Samhain held on November 1st, or early morning, Halloween, the world of the gods was believed to be made visible to humankind, and the gods played many tricks on their mortal worshipers. It was a time fraught with danger, charged with fear, and full of supernatural episodes. Um, in the cave that they refer to as the Gate of Hell, the birthplace of Halloween, is called Owengat. The unassuming entrance of Owengat Cave, or Cave of the Cats, meow, black cats, connection, oh. maybe, in Rathcrogan, Ireland, belies its central role in Celtic pagan history. It's known as the gateway to the demon-filled underworld and the birthplace of the Samhain Festival, the ancient roots of Halloween. Interesting. So there are a lot of connections, a lot of uh, interesting traditions that we probably don't know that that's where it comes from, trick-or-treating, wearing masks to mm-hmm. hide your identity from ghosts that maybe may wish vengeance upon you when they can come back when the veil between the worlds is thin, come back from the underworld and take vengeance on you. You wear a mask to hide your identity or to scare the demons away. You know, carving turnips, putting an ember in it with angry faces to scare the evil forces away. Became the jack-o'-lantern. The jack-o'-lantern. There, I mean, there are all kinds of interesting connections, but I didn't know that this practice was thousands of years old that we've been yeah. carrying it on. It's just kind of interesting. Have you guys ever seen those festivals in like, I think some of the Nordic countries? For Halloween? I don't know if they're for Halloween, but they dress up as like horrific kind of, they get super into it. Really? Let me, let me Google this Yeah, up. Google let it. Let me learn it up. It's pretty freaky. They take it real seriously. But you don't know what holiday or what uh, season? No, I don't remember. I've just... Our remember. Scandinavian listeners, let us know what you think John might be talking about. Look it up. Scandinavian monster holiday? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it seemed like it was a specific thing. And there was just these people that just got so into the costume. Mm-hmm. It was like beautiful, but terrifying. Yeah. Was it a dream? <laughs> was it a dream? <laughs> no, I know it wasn't. 
Ooh, look at that just, guy. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, scary monsters scare away evil spirits in Perkton Pagan Festival in Germany. Oh, yeah. It looks like there's a lot of monsters here. This could be it. That's an awesome mask. What is that called, though? This is called the Perkton, P-E-R-C-H-T-E-N, Pagan Festival. German listeners, let us know if you've attended this. You can see it in my mind's eye. Hello, mind's eye. That looks awesome. Way cooler than in a small town Ohio Halloween. Look at this one. Oh, yeah. Nasty. It's like pan. Yeah, this is it. These guys coming at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Perkton. Perkton, if that's how you pronounce it. Well, it's similar to Halloween. Then they dress up to chase away the evil spirits, much like what Halloween became. Samhain, the purpose of dressing like that was to scare away the dark spirits. Yeah, those would wish to do you harm, whether they be spirits of the dead, vengeful spirits, or in this case, some sort of demon. Evil or... winter ghosts, mm-hmm. devils, demons, whatever you want to call them of the underworld, old gods, old fae. The, uh, oh, there's a word for them that's really cool. I was actually talking to a listener of the show, Tim Finn, who may be writing some stuff for us. Really bright guy, knows a lot about the fairy, fae lore, and shamanism, that kind of stuff, Celtic, druid history. But the Tuatha de Danann, the old gods, almost fairy, fae, from ancient times. And the idea, Tim was saying, is that some people believe that the fairy of now, the fae, essentially are worn down remnants of those older gods. So they might not be as powerful, not as strong. I think that's what he was saying. Weren't they here before humans and then humans were here and then there was like interbreeding? It's not a very Tolkien. It's very interesting. I'd like to get into more of this. I'd love to do a whole episode on this, but maybe we'll just do some side content drops on this stuff. It's really fascinating. Really cool. But this connection to the other world is what it's called. I love that word. Otherworld, we get otherworldly, right? Mm-hmm. But this is a Celtic idea. And this is a great book. Actually, this came from a, a good friend and listener, Jen, sent me this book that we'll have in the show notes. It's called The Dictionary of Mythology, and it covers worldwide the best sources compiling to get the best possible brief definition of all kinds of mythological legends, entities, creatures, gods, goddesses. I like that it's global. That's yeah. really cool. This is the Celtic Otherworld. British, you might know it as Avalon, or in Irish, Tirnan Og, in Welsh is Anfon, home of the fairies, land of the gods, a place where another existence in many ways similar to this life awaits those who have died. A death in this life meant a rebirth in the capital O, Otherworld, and vice versa. It was said to become visible to mortals at the Feast of Samhain. Yeah, and that's such a cool idea, that idea of a death here. You die here, you go there. And John, this relates to what you've been looking into lately. It sounds similar to the reports of near-death experiences, this other world. But the concept in this culture was you die here, you go there, but then you die there, you come back. So it's the cycle going into the across the veil, back and forth. Really interesting stuff. What's really interesting tying with the afterlife, John, with this other world that's just beyond the veil in the, the Celtic idea is we've done Marcello Bacci. Spirit Radio. You're looking at a lot of afterlife stuff right now. Near-death experiences. Near-death experiences. Now, listen to this description of the other world and tell me if this sounds familiar. In Celtic mythology, the other world is the realm of the deities and possibly also of the dead. In Gaelic and Britonic mythology, it is usually described as a supernatural realm of everlasting youth, beauty, health, abundance, and joy, and where time moves differently. Ah, uh, yeah. Sound about right? It is the dwelling place of the gods or the Tuatha de Danann, as well as certain heroes and ancestors. The other world is similar to a parallel universe. Interesting. Um, but what's interesting is. Yeah, I guess I'll leave it there. Uh, there's a lot. Of- <laughs> What's interesting is I'll leave it there. I, I don't want to go too long on the mythological side. I'll pepper in some stuff throughout the episode that relates to stories, but it's just fascinating. But it does. There are things that connect with our descriptions of the afterlife. Yeah, or when there are communications with spirit on the other side, and we're, we're trying to define what their world is like. 
where it sounds like time moves differently, so it's hard for them to communicate. It's like there is no time. It's a different understanding of... It's like the ever-present now. That's what I see a lot of people describe it as. In the near-death experiences? Mm -hmm. Yeah, fascinating stuff. So who knows? Maybe this other world that we're experiencing on All Hallows' Eve is where we will one day reside, potentially. I had this weird thought. I don't know if it was this morning, maybe before I went to sleep last night, because I always have like really vivid dreams. And sometimes I just feel like they're other lives. We've talked about this before. But I'm always like, I mean, what if they are? Mm What if? I mean, maybe they're not lives, but they're like real experiences with other beings. And then I'm like, but it's weird because this life is linear as far as we know, you know, I mean, that's how we experience it. That's how we experience it. But how do we know it's not linear over there? We don't, I guess. Yeah. Because when you're over there, you don't think about this life. Right. I mean, there's little slivers that come through, but you're not really conscious of this life at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you're in a dream state or what we know to be a dream state and you have an experience that's vivid, you're saying, how do we not know that that isn't just as real as this right. experience, but when we get back here, we don't remember. Yeah, it. it's weird to think about yeah. because you're over there and you get like slivers of the other life. Like I had a dream the other day and it was like, I took a fragment of something that happened that day and brought it over and didn't really, I didn't think about this life at all. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything like, oh yeah, I'm asleep now. And that that's the other. And it's the same over here. We have little glimpses of dreams, yeah, but nothing like hard labor concrete. Sometimes stuff comes through a little bit more clearly or we hold on to a little bit more, but it's weird to think that there may be other existences oh, yeah. we're having that we just don't Well, and how remember. do we know that some things are just dreams and some things are actually experiences somewhere else? We just call them dreams. Or someone else or whatever. Someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was, thought that was a fascinating idea. We did an expansion episode on that. There were a couple of people that had experiences where they had allegedly spent like a year somewhere and then came back here. In a dream? That was their life. But they remember like a year's worth of material, allegedly. We did a story that one guy that lived a whole life. Mm-hmm. Was that a dream too? Yeah. I mean, that's what it and appears it, to be. the end, it started like the lamp started looking yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. That, was that was a weird like the, story. Yeah. Yeah. He had like a wife and kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the lamp started like blurring out or something. Wasn't and, it? No, didn't he get punched or something? Wasn't that a fight? He got hit. Knocked him out and he had that whole life yeah. experience. Oh, maybe that's what it was. We'll have so that. Bizarre. We'll have a link to that episode. That It's an expansion episode. I remember that was one of my favorites from season. Yes, yeah, so really fascinating story, but yeah. also like very, very weird. We'll put that in the show notes if you're interested. But back to Halloween. Yeah. Let's get back into that ambience Jeremy so slowly pulled us out of. And let's get back into that. Thanks. Spooky Valley. No, I was good. It's good to get some background on Samhain. As you tell stories, there are weird connections with even the original descriptions the, or the Celtic ideas that strangely would explain things like missing 411, 40 and fogs, we've done episodes of that, and even the dogman can be potentially explained or at least given some more perspective on by thinking of how the other world interacts with this world, which is this old Celtic idea that is highlighted on Samhain or Halloween. Yeah. Sometimes the other world is said to exist alongside our own, located beyond the edge of the earth and intrudes into our world, signaled by phenomena such as magic mist or Fortean fog. Sudden changes in the weather. What happens on so many of these missing foreign episodes? Storms. Nothing predicted, and then a storm rolls in. Exactly. Out Inex- of inexplicable. But it, that would explain it if it was an overlap of worlds. I mean, that's out there, but it's possible. Uh, or the appearance of divine beings or unusual animals. And today, we do have a Dogman story that happens yes, yes. on Halloween. And a special announcement regarding Dogman that we'll get to right before the break. He's joining the show. <laughs> yes, he'll be here today. He's been on the live streams. Blanche? <laughs> Uh, okay, this first story ties right into your sort of Samhain origin fae lore. So let's do this one first. This was one of the stories that I found 
on Fortiana, which by the way, you guys check this site out. It's from the Charles Ford Institute. And it's basically like a Reddit specifically for people who are into high strangeness and people who are sort of armchair researchers who have experiences and really want to get into it. And that's why I like this, using this over Reddit. Reddit's good too, but this is good because they're people who are really devoted to looking into this and they're all very skeptical even of their own stories. Right. There's a lot of critical thinking. There's a lot of credibility in it because you're not going to get picked up on BuzzFeed or something. Best Reddit true horror stories. This is a place that is not often seen right. by most people. So you're not going there for uh, attention. Okay, so here we go. This is from the user Mercury Crest, and this was posted May 26, 2014. This is one I've been sitting on for a very long time. It sounds so bizarre that I haven't bothered to share it with the world at large. Here goes. When I was eight or nine, I had gone to my grandma and grandpa's farm way out in the country to spend a few days with them and one of my cousins. Yes, it was Halloween night, but I've been over every aspect and I can't see how this was some kind of trick. So my cousin and I are playing Ghostbusters, running around between the kitchen and the office, pretending to bust ghosts, as it were. At this point, I find myself in the dining room. My cousin is behind me in the kitchen, and my grandma and grandpa are in their respective chairs to my left, watching the news. I look across the living room into a darkish hallway and see a vertical bar of white light, maybe two or three feet tall, hanging in midair. I watched as a large adult hand extended from the light, palm open and facing away from me, clench into a fist, and then retract into the light again. The hand itself was green, covered with coarse black hairs, very much like someone with German or Hungarian descent. Mm. And apart from the hue, looked entirely normal. As for the light bar, it didn't disappear in front of me. It just wasn't there anymore. I froze, stock still. I had no real world reference for what I was seeing. The whole thing took just a few seconds. Afterward, I retreated behind me to the kitchen and whispered what had happened to my cousin. Both grandparents were watching the news at the time. They have utterly no interest in this sort of stuff. I'd wager that if Bigfoot himself walked up to them and gave them his card, they'd be completely oblivious. Honestly though, I would never have said a word of this to my grandparents anyways. They would have been pissed that I interrupted the news and would have dismissed it immediately. As for the memory, this has been fresh in my mind since the very moment it happened, every single detail. Pretty crazy. It reminds me of like, uh, what's that guy from, uh, where's it, Hellraiser? Cenobite? He's the guy with the pin, pinhead? Yeah. Oh, pinhead. Why? I don't know, I, just, I can just see his arm coming out of like a bar of light. Oh yeah, I like know other it's other dimensional. Him, yeah, just like a weird. So he came out of the bar of light? Yeah. The hand? Yeah, so this green, hairy hand comes out of this bar of light in the hallway randomly. I don't know if any logical explanations for that. No. Well, obviously, other dimensional rift. Well, yeah, that's kind of the face of it. Duh. What's interesting, and I, I'm not sure where this took place, but what's fascinating is that it does sound, and people brought this up on the board, but it's the first thing I thought of. Does green people from other places sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Green Children of Woolpit. It's a famous story. Have you, have you ever heard that one, John? I think we talked about it briefly on the show. Mm-mm. But it's basically children who appeared, two kids who had unusual green colored skin in a village in Suffolk, England in the 12th century. Was there something about their language too? Yeah, they didn't understand our human language. They had green skin. They were taken into this community. They Something about the food. We'll definitely cover that story. But they could communicate with each other. They communicate with each other. Eventually, over time, they learned our language and their skin changed to the tone of the area. But I think the theory I had at the time was that maybe like 
inner earth civilization or something potentially i mean yeah there was a very strange story it seemed like they were not just not from around here yeah famous account i mean this obviously proves that that was an interdimensional experience <laughs> so you're saying that the hairy green hairy hand <laughs> i mean it just sounds not all green people are the same chris that's true i don't know it kind of reminds me of simon's story remember his with the red rod hand there's something about hands, phantom hands. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is part of the explanation or part of the, the continuing phenomenon. Yeah. I just thought that was a cool story to start with because it's very yeah, strange. It's, I mean, there doesn't seem any connection to anything either. Right. Just one of those off the wall, random things that happen in your life that you can't put anything to. Fascinating story. Weird. You know, the cool thing about this forum too is there's a conversation between other users and they try to figure out what this could have been logically. And they also try to get details from people. So, you know, in this, and we'll have in the show notes, there's like a drawing, a kind of a schematic of, of the environment of the farmhouse. You can kind of see that. And he said that some salient points for research sake, this happened in the evening, perhaps around eight or nine. There were only four of them there. The place was out in the boonies. And he said he'd had some other experiences in the house and you could read more of those on the site, but nothing was obviously that insane. So I just thought an interesting story for Halloween. When the veil thins, maybe green men come Not out. traditionally spooky, but weird. And that happened on Halloween. On Halloween, on or near. Yikes. All right, this next one's cool, and this one ties into some interesting research. This is another one from Fortiana, posted July 15, 2003, and I call it the Swang Observer. I remember an experience I had when I was about three in my aunt's kitchen in upstate New York. This kitchen was separated from the TV room by a wall that had a window in its center. On the TV room side of this window was a fish tank that you could see clearly from the kitchen. When this incident occurred, I was laying on my back on the kitchen floor. My aunt, uncle, and mother were hanging around the kitchen table laughing and joking about six feet from where I was laying. The TV room was dark as it was night out and the lights were out, except for the light of the fish tank. I don't recall exactly what I was doing at the time when I noticed. On the opposite side of the fish tank, what can only be described as something that looked like one of those Halloween-type sheet-covered ghosts, only ruddy. It seemed to be studying the fish intently and at the same time was swaying side to side, like a pendulum, but more swiftly. From where I was lying, I could only see it from about the waist up. The creature was either unconcerned or unaware that I had spotted it. Its attention was focused squarely on the fish, swaying as if attempting to put them into a trance. Weird, yeah. After a few seconds of shock, I looked up to see what the grown-ups' reactions were. To my surprise and disappointment, they didn't seem to see the being even though their faces were turned in its direction. Instead, they just continued to tell stories and such. I remember getting an intuitive sense that they were somehow choosing not to see it. When I looked back from my relatives to the window, the entity was gone. I should note that, being the rational boy I was at the time, it did occur to me that it was one of my cousins in the other room dressed up to scare me, and then ducking down when I turned to look away. I even got up and looked through the door into the TV room to see where I had seen it by the fish tank, but there was no one there. Unfortunately, I don't recall any more of this night. I wouldn't remember that night at all if it weren't for this incident. Also, the creature's sheet seemed a little technical, almost more like a spacesuit. I vaguely recall some sort of vacuum-like tube extending to where its mouth would be as if to supply it with air. Oh, weird. That's bizarre. Since then, I have seen similar beings in a Star Wars movie 
only without vacuum tubes, I think. At the time, though, I just chalked it up to being a ghost, since that, other than the color, is what it resembled most, and because at that age, I wasn't yet familiar with the idea of intergalactic beings traveling to our planet to study its aquatic life forms. <laughs> In your fish tank. Weird. Isn't that a weird story? Uh, yeah, it sounds like a, like a walk-in. You know, from like another reality yeah, realm? Yeah, just briefly stepping in from the other world, just it, like, hey. It's interesting because this guy who posted this Bannock, his name's Bannock, or his handle is Bannock, he did his own corroborating research, which is another thing I love about this forum, and he found a couple quick experiences that I'm just going to run through real quick that corroborate his account, or at least it points to a larger phenomenon of these entities that seem to be classic Halloween-shaped ghosts, you know, with the sheet over the body. Cloaked in kind of a Cloaked flowing... different colors and always swaying. Mm. And, and coming Weird. towards people. Really fascinating. So there's two different accounts of this that he found. Okay, the first one he found on a page that we'll have linked called Unexplained Phenomena, the Weird Science Database of Evil Events. And this writer says that while he was laying in bed, I sensed someone was watching me. I slowly raised my eyes and saw someone or something in the doorway to the bedroom. The figure was covered from head to toe in what looked like a dirty white sheet. The shape of it filled the entire doorway. It seemed to be swaying gently from side to side. My first thought was that there was an intruder in the apartment, and I was wondering how he got in. I kept a kabar, a Marine Corps fighting knife, in the top drawer in the nightstand. Suddenly, it rushed at me. I rolled out of bed and onto the floor, preparing to defend myself. I felt a rush of air as it went by me. I grabbed the kabar out of the drawer and jumped to my feet. But whatever it was, disappeared. Strange. Yeah, isn't that weird? So the kind of a corroboration there, and then Bannock continues, and he says, compare that experience to the experience of Brian, who was jogging in the woods. And this quick account comes from Fortean Times. I heard some dead leaves rustling and first assumed it was the wind or a squirrel. But then, to my surprise, about 20 feet down the path, somewhat in the shadows and mist, I saw what can only be described as something that looked like one of those Halloween-type sheet-covered ghosts, but black, swaying slightly side to side. I couldn't tell if it was standing or floating, but as I stood there in disbelief, and frankly, in a bit of fear, it began to ever so slowly move in a smooth glide towards me. And that's when I decided to get the hell out of there and turn around on the gravel path and run, not jog, back to the parking lot. And then Bannock continues and says, shock, yet another species of spook, Halloween ghosts who sway from side to side while they stare at you and then come after you. Too bad the first writer didn't describe the way the ghost, quote, rushed at him. I wonder if it glided like the one in the woods oh, did. Yeah. Just an eerie visual. The gliding at you. Gliding, you know? yeah. Traditional ghost costume-like swaying entities. To me, it sounds more like some other life form and not like a yeah. dead yeah. spirit. Or a spirit of a dead person. The swaying, definitely. Yeah. It reminds me of the Night Walkers. Oh, yeah. Hawaii lore? No, no, no. Not the Night Marchers. Oh, okay. The Night Walkers. Oh, those weird beings that are made of legs? They're like basically legs. all white, similar, I think, to how this is described, but they're all white and just have two long legs. No arms, no head. Just two long legs. And I wanted to do an episode on this a while ago because I found in the area, it happened in California, and in the area, I don't know who it was, Native Peoples there, someone had put up a statue in like the 1800s, early 1900s, oh, yeah. of what looks like these exact things. And I don't know if there was a name for them, but someone had made this statue, but it was captured on security camera, the Night Walkers. 
And it's fascinating. A few different people have reported this. I think there may be several. We might have played the video on a live stream. If we didn't, we should do it on our next live stream. I think you'd find it fascinating, John, these just weird little creatures. We'll put it in the show notes, but it's it's really interesting. And I again, I think it could easily be just another life form we haven't either identified or maybe it's not even always in this realm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's passing through and we just see it from time to time. That's also a possible explanation for Dogman, Bigfoot, you know, you name it. Snallygaster is passing through, especially on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Speaking of passing through, we got a clip sent in by one of our great listeners who also sent us that great alien Mona Lisa, Manette. Oh, Manette. The, the artist. Oh, um, cool. She sent in this awesome story all the way from South Africa. I call it Graveyard Shocker. Yeah, you know what? I don't call it that, Jeremy. I call it oh. a lift from the grave. Oh. Okay. Mine's better. A, a right? lift? A lift. A, a lift. A lift. <laughs> A lift. What is a lift? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds. It's weird. me being lazy pronouncing pronunciating. A lift from the grave. I think graveyard shocker is a little more accurate, but okay. Well, we'll find. Out. Let's ask Manette what she thinks. All right, let's play this clip. This is a pretty fascinating account, and this will tie into our expansion where we cover the mysterious goings ons around your local graveyards. Yes, and more. Well, hello, hello, Jeremy, Chris, and John. This is Manette. And I really thought you guys needed some spooky stories from South Africa. Even though this didn't happen during Halloween or at Halloween, as we don't really celebrate it here in South Africa, it did happen close to a very old cemetery in a small rural town. So I thought I'll give it a go and share it in any case with you guys. I do wedding photography as a side hustle and... Myself and a friend of mine were shooting a wedding in a town called Felierstorp. It's a small rural town in the Western Cape province of South Africa. The reception was being held at a sports hall or a recreational hall on the outskirts of this town. And you kind of had to go on this gravel road right at the edge of town to get to the entrance of the the sports grounds where the reception was being held. And as we were driving there initially in the day to get to the reception, um, we noticed a whole bunch of really old graves right to the side of the gravel road. Didn't think anything of it. I mean, seeing old graves in small rural towns is really nothing new. Later that evening, when we sort of packed up and decided it's time to head back to our bed and breakfast for the evening. Um, We were sitting in the car, I was driving, we were exhausted and um, the radio wasn't on and as we hit this completely unlit gravel road, pitch dark, literally just the headlights of the car, this strange crackling sound came over the radio, what I thought was the radio. And instinctively my hand went to turn down the volume because we were sort of just sitting and chatting in the car. And as I'm turning the volume um, knob, I realized, but the, the radio isn't on. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting static. The, the sound is coming from... <laughs> inside the car it it was the weirdest sound i it's difficult to explain and listening to your your evp episode last week kind of you know just brought up all these these memories of this experience because 
It sounded like white noise and static, but kind of paired with a sound of like a scraping tree branch. You know when you like drive over something and it scrapes along the back of the car? It, it, it just, it was this weird combination of sounds and, you know, immediately I stopped the car and my friend looked at me and she was and she said you know what 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 the hell was that what did you hear that and i kid you not the next moment my entire body was covered in goosebumps it it was the most unreal sensation that i've ever felt it literally felt like it went from my fingertips all the way to the top of my head all the way to my toes um the same thing happened to her and I was absolutely scared out of my wits um, and just we just booked it out of there. We didn't see anything. Um, yes, we were in a dark, spooky place, but but that that sound that just came from nowhere was just completely unsettling and eerie and unlike anything I've ever heard before. Um, I have a lot of other more real ghost stories or more sensational ghost stories where I've seen full body apparitions and you know I've had violent acts being perpetrated by things unseen but I think for your specific uh, request for Halloween I don't think it gets much spookier than literally feeling like a ghost moved through you next to a very very old cemetery in a very old historical town. Thanks for everything you guys do. You know I'm your number one fan in South Africa and keep up the good work. Great story. Yeah, isn't that strange? Especially the idea of like the goosebumps going all the way from your fingertips over your head, down your back to your bottom of your toes, like covering your whole body. Well, combined with that sound, it sounds like it could be more than goosebumps. Almost sounds no, I mean, like electrical. Right. What I'm saying is that seemed like a reaction to what, right. what right. she's experiencing, something moving through her, moving through the vehicle. Well, it's right. weird too. When you get goosebumps, like usually you don't, your whole body doesn't. Right. Like I'll your, get them on the back of my arms. Yeah. Or your arms usually face. are kind of common. You can feel it kind of on your back a little mm -hmm. bit, but Nipples. through your whole body, I don't think I've even had them on my legs. Not that I can think of. No. Usually, usually upper body. Yeah. Usually upper body. When something Those like. Those pimples? Yes. I dated a girl called them goose pimples. Okay, that no was weirding me out. Jeremy, we know you dated people. You're so cool. You're so bitter. <laughs> I dated no, it's people. Just irrelevant. Goose pimples. I thought it was just a weird. No, it way is. To There's say. a lot of different names for them. But it always bugged me. Mm -hmm. Goose pimples. Just gross. Yeah. Strange. Strange story. It definitely sounds like something she went through. Something or something went through her. Her vehicle. That's why I called it a lift from the grave. Yeah. Term. Definitely seems to be like a spirit moving through her. Yeah. I don't know what else that would be. I wonder if she had any. Um, she said the voice sounded like it was in her car. It wasn't quite a voice. It was more of a strange, raspy, scratching sound. Did she say it was coming from in the car, though? Yeah, she said it was in the vehicle. Well, here's a little follow-up, because I asked her to follow-up. She said that the sound reminded her of like when a tree branch scrapes yeah. on the car. So I just asked her, since you were driving, is there a chance that you ran over a tree yeah. branch? Obvious question. She said, So it sounded like when you drive over a branch and it gets caught under the wheel, like a scraping sound, but there were no branches on the road at all. The moment I heard it, I stopped. The sound was there one moment and gone the next. After I, quote, turned down the volume and realized it wasn't the radio, I carried on driving, and I even checked the rearview mirror to see if it was a branch. Nothing. Just this odd scraping white noise sound that emanated from nowhere and everywhere all at once. Truly chilling. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the added fact that it was next to a graveyard is just 
you know, a little weird. In like a historic room. Very old. Very old graveyard. Well, she sounds like an attractor of these experiences, so I bet we'll be hearing more. Yeah, yeah. I think she said she has some other ones too, mm-hmm. right? We'll put in the show notes too. She sent a video of the location. It's pretty interesting. The graveyard does look very old. Yeah. And it looks like a kind of a road you don't want to be stuck on. Hitchhiking ghosts. Never a good thing. Usually not a good cool. thing. Sometimes a good thing. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Manette, for that story. Yeah, thanks. Wonderful. Check out her Instagram, by the way. I'll put in the show notes. She's a really talented artist. She sent us art, and it's awesome. So uh, we'll put that in the show notes for you guys, too. Check it out. Yes, yes. Let's do one more before we take a break. Do you want to do the dog, man? Let's do it. Our old friend. This is a story I heard long ago on Dogman Encounters Radio. He has all of them written down on the website, so we'll have the original source linked. Fascinating story, but it always stuck out because it happens right around Halloween, which actually plays into the story. Now, keep in mind that I do believe that there may be a Halloween Dogman connection here, going back to Samhain and the overlapping of worlds. Just because, according to irishgenealogytoolkit.com, being between years or in transition, the usually fairly stable boundaries between the other world and the human world become less secure so that puka banshees, fairies, and other spirits could come and go quite frequently. Bold letters, there were also shapeshifters at large. Oh. This is where the dark side of Halloween originated. Now, shapeshifters, you think skinwalkers, you can think anything. Dogman, a lot of people believe he's a flesh and blood creature, of course, but it just ties into that whole idea of these things passing through. And this is on Halloween. This comes from Melissa H., and this actually comes from Wasila, Alaska, which is right near our friend's Freaky Deaky, by the way. Up oh, cool. in beautiful Wasila. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's where it is. And this happened around 2 a.m.? 2 a.m. My encounter took place many years ago. I never heard the faintest explanation for it until a couple months ago when I randomly stumbled across Dogman on the internet. I was in my early 20s, working swing shifts at the time and commuting about 100 miles each way, so it was usually around 2 in the morning by the time I got home. I saw the monster, as I called it, on the northernmost section of Trunk Road in the Matanuska Valley in Alaska. This area is almost smack in between the towns of Palmer and Wasilla. I was about 10 miles from home at that point, so it must have been around 2 a.m. Trunk Road is a narrow two-lane road consisting of nothing but twists and turns. The surrounding terrain is somewhat swampy and thick with ground, but it was cold enough to be wary of ice. I was driving an 82 Subaru southwest going about 20 miles per hour around a curve when my headlights caught a large dark figure up ahead. I'm bad at judging distance, maybe six car lengths away. I instinctively let off the gas, coasting closer. At first I assumed it was a moose as the area is infested with them, but no, it was standing upright. Bear then. No, not, not a bear. It looks so strange, tall tall enough to be an uncommonly large bear, but far too slender, and it looked like it had spikes running down its neck and back. A Halloween prop? It was an odd but effective place for one. All those thoughts ran through my head in a fraction of a second. The car was still coasting closer, and I could see more details. It was standing in profile, gazing across the road. I could clearly see its wolfish muzzle, large upright ears, The spikes on its back were in fact clumps of fur. Its spine curved in a smooth, very natural looking way. It was standing in the ditch, inches from the pavement. Because I was focused on its upper body, I do not recall anything about its back legs or if it had a tail. I did see its front legs though, very doggy looking, hanging awkwardly down and slightly toward its front. 
exactly as you'd expect if a dog stood upright. While it clearly had a canine look, there was still something off about it that I can't articulate. It was perfectly still, and at this point, given the proximity to Halloween, I was quite convinced it was some sort of Halloween prop because it was clearly not any kind of existing animal. I was deeply impressed and gently stepped on the brakes, intending to stop and examine it closely. Then it turned its head towards me. In the tiny fraction of a second that it took for it to swivel its head, I knew I had made a terrible mistake. The fluidness of its movement removed any and all doubt that this was some kind of prop. It was horribly, terrifyingly alive. The pale, off-white glow of its eye shine in the headlights destroyed any possibility of a human in a costume. I think I sat there gaping at it in shock for a few seconds, the car barely moving by now, but still inching closer. As I was almost upon it, I think it could have leaned forward and touched the car if it wanted. I had to look up to see its face. I'm a bad judge of such things, but I'm 5'4", and it was a hell of a lot taller than me. Tall like a polar bear standing. Seven feet? Eight? I really can't say. I snapped out of my trance and slammed on the gas. The car fishtailed and I prepared myself for death by monster, as I was certain I'd end up in the ditch. But the tires caught the pavement and I drove like a complete maniac all the way home. I did not look back. I have only been on that section of road a few times since, never alone and never in the dark. For the next several years of driving that commute, I went 20 plus miles out of the way to avoid trunk road. The thing never made any aggressive moves, but there was something about it that felt very, I don't know, predatory. I never saw anything remotely like it again and never heard any stories about it in the area. Creepy. Woo. Freaky dogman encounter for Halloween. Yeah. We'll have to ask our friends at Freaky Deaky if they know about because they live right there. I wonder if they know where Trunk Road is. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, it's funny. I was listening to uh, old Coast to Coast the other night trying to find some good Halloween tales. I didn't find any really there, but George Nori. Some caller had called in uh, and just asked if he could play a sound that he had heard the other night that they had played in this pre-Dogman popularity era. And it was the sound of what George called a man, man dog. Man dog. And it was a story about someone who had called in and said that they had witnessed a man dog eating a hamburger, a hamburger behind Burger King in the parking lot. Like out of the <laughs> dumpster. Awesome. But he was using his hands. Yeah. So pretty cool. <laughs> I couldn't find that call. Like I searched all over the Coast to Coast Insider to find the original call. Just to get... A little more background on that, I couldn't find it. But the sound was creepy. I should have grabbed the sound clip. But the, the howl was pretty, pretty creepy. But old school. Was the howl man. in the same area? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's fascinating. We talk about, we always brought up the trench coat, cigarette smoking mm -hmm. dog man, seen on the side of the road hitchhiking. Hitchhiker dog man. Be a funny artwork rendition of dog man reaching into a Burger King dumpster. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, that brings me to our special announcement. We have uh, a really awesome new design coming to our merch store from our friend Fancy Crafts. Awesome dog man t-shirt. And probably put on some other products, but it's a really sweet design. Yeah, it's awesome to get some professional artwork yeah, up there. Yeah, it will be up there by the time this episode airs. So go ahead and check out. We'll have a link in the show notes. Well, we always have a link to our website, but check out the merch store. And we got some other designs coming from him as well that I'm excited yes. about. Yes. Check that out, guys. And uh, why, don't we, why don't we take a break? Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll be back in a bit. We don't want to scare anybody. We don't want to scare anybody. That's the last thing we want to do. Spooky, 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 spooky. That's the 
Spooky <laughs> Halloween episode here in the hole. And we got a couple more stories for you to top off your Halloween evening. A couple more before we head into the expansion. Oh, yeah. Members out there, get excited for that. That's going to be a fun, fascinating. We have some uh, stories submitted for that as well. Graveyard encounters, mysterious happenings, and some of the otherworldly connections with those places where we leave the ones we've left behind. Yeah, graveyards. Every town's got one or two. They're all around. Fascinating history behind that as well. There's fascinating history. Did you know graveyards used to be like parks for people? People would spend time. They'd go out and they'd have picnics, festivals. Before we had public parks, graveyards would serve that purpose. Mm, I like graveyards. I don't know. People would have special events there. There'd be gardens. But and... as they started developing park systems around the country... Uh, this is hundreds of years, not just in Europe as well. well. In Europe as well. But public parks became more popular. Graveyards started to become lonely places because people stopped... It's there. interesting because you'd think maybe they're doing it to be with their dead. Mm -hmm. It might have like started celebrate. that way. Yeah. It seems like that. It makes why. sense. I feel like that's a really they're cool like idea. Including, it's just like a token of their appreciation for their life. And there are a lot of Eastern cultures too where that's part of the grieving or the celebration of the life. It makes a lot of sense. Stay around them uh -huh. or, or keep them involved in events. And yeah, I've thought about going to Uncle John's on a random afternoon with a bottle of red wine and just mm -hmm. having some glasses of wine by his grave, but I thought it would look weird. But apparently that's what they used to do. Mm -hmm. Anyone want to go <laughs> drink some wine in Uncle John's grave? Well, even Samhain, the idea behind trick-or-treating or one of the possible sources is that for those dead that were allowed to walk the earth during Halloween, Samhain, the people that were too afraid to like wear masks and to try to fight off the evil or the darkness in that way, they would put out food basically satisfy mm -hmm. the fairy folk as well. I came across a great story about that and we will do it in the expansion, but I came across a great story where someone put out an apple. He's of Celtic heritage. And so was his wife actually moved to the States a couple generations back or something, but they stayed in touch with their family lineage. He ends up burying an apple on Samhain or Halloween, but he's kind of questions it because it's like kind of, it's kind of gone off a little bit. It's kind of turned over mm -hmm. as you would say. Uh, it's rotting a little bit, but it's the only thing he had. And last minute he remembered to do this. So he's like, I'll do it. And usually he just put it out on the steps after trick-or-treating time for the spirits or whomever. Uh, but he buried it, which is another thing you can do. Weird things started happening after that. Really? And we will tell that in the expansion. Interesting. Uh, but it, it definitely an interesting story. So yeah, that's a tradition that goes way back. One, one of the names for the other world in Celtic mythology is Land of the Apples. Or something oh, to that effect. Next story, gentlemen. All right, moving along quite quickly. Here we go to another great tale. <laughs> Here we go to... I'm sorry. There's an elfman in me. Halloween fire burial. Would you like to do this one? Does this sound ominous? Let's do it. All right, this one comes from Cats and Jammer over on Fortiana. So, in college, I did lots of Ouija with two or three other eager for knowledge but open-minded, semi-skeptical peers. We didn't get any historical celebrities mainly beings whose answers were annoyingly non-committal and usually surly. <laughs> they would claim to be spirits of dead humans, but they couldn't answer any specific questions. Who was the president at any point during your life? In what state of the U.S. did you reside when you were alive? What we eventually figured out was they seemed interested only in keeping the channel open until more and more, quote, spirits could arrive. We'd ask, Quote, how many spirits are present? That's a key question. 
They would initially answer, including us pointer workers, I guess. Four or five. After being on the board for half an hour, the answer would be like 35. And they seemed to be battling to be the one who controlled the pointer and got to interact with us. If we were on the board long enough, we'd get a spirit that was clearly extra powerful and evil sounding. The pointer would no longer move fitfully, but fast and smooth. No more arguments on their end about which spirit was in control. There would often be temperature drops in the room. Occasionally, small items knocked off shelves. And I will never forget a powerful spirit's suggestion that we play a game. We asked what game, and the answer, spelled out in a blur of pointer moves, was Halloween Fire Burial. We came to the conclusion that we were contacting beings who were A, not spirits of dead humans, B, had no valuable knowledge to impart, C, were malign, D, were basically rats keeping a door open until a wolf could arrive. We were so convinced it was a dangerous thing, we eventually gave it up and burned the Ouija board. My own opinion is we were actually in touch with some sort of energy beings who are made stronger by our contact with them and mean us, humanity, no good. That's why I counsel not to do it. If you think you're talking to Teddy Roosevelt, you're being lied to. And though I do believe in benevolent energy beings, you won't reach them through Ouija. Ouija. How do you know? Well, that's that's the question. I mean, I always go with that advice just out the gate for myself. Yeah, for don't people that don't know it. what they're doing, for sure. But of course we have heard, and it's up to the individual to decide, we've heard people, like our last episode, we talked about the medium from uh, EVP Voices on YouTube channel. Oh, did she use a talking board? I don't know if she did, but just generally speaking with other entities, obviously the communicators in her experience were largely friendly. Doesn't mean that there aren't aren't dark Wasn't forces. Was there one person that were that the Ouija and that was the rain one the listener story? That spirit came. Oh, the, the knocking. Door. Yeah, wasn't that started through a Ouija board? He was using an app. I thought it started with a Ouija board. Maybe I don't not. think so. I'm pretty sure it was just the app, um, Ghost Talkers or something. That was. I thought he said it started with a Ouija board. And that Maybe was you're like, right. I, I didn't remember that, but because it was possible. like a series, like he was haunted for like a long time. Mm-hmm. I guess it could have been. I don't know, but it's definitely something to not take lightly. I don't. It's think. a trigger for sure. Yeah, there's definitely experiences out there that are negative. Really, I mean, there's murders. Um, it doesn't mean that in every case. Uh, I personally am a scaredy cat when it comes to using a Ouija board. The concept to me is just it. It leaves open the possibility of something negative happening. It's a, it is an invitation. I think it's possible, probably, to use it in a beneficial, positive way, but I, I do think you're inviting something if you're not careful. It's like being out in the middle of the ocean and not exactly. being a fisherman. You know, you don't know what you're going to pull up. That's actually a good analogy. It makes me think of like, look, I never go in the ocean and I won't. This, I don't want to, but I respect someone who is a shark scientist. That's the official title. People that observe dangerous animals under dangerous waters. That makes sense. But for me, even though right. I think I could do it, like I could use Ouija word, I think I would be okay. I've done it before, but... For me, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. And plus there's plenty of benign beings in the ocean. Right. But the ones that are predators are attracted to people that, you know, they're attracted to the situations that you don't know what you're doing, right? Right. In the etheric sense. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it seemed like this is something that she does a lot, practices the use of the Ouija board for communication with the other side. But that that term, she was saying, quote, spirits, not really spirits pretending to be people, but again, couldn't add any value information into like 
you're this person. Okay, give us some detail about your life. Couldn't do that. You hear this a lot, whether it's channeling or Ouija boards or something maybe pretending to be something else, but they're low-level entities. And then that idea of the rats holding the door open for a wolf to come in. Yeah, that's, that's creepy. creepy. Yeah, concept. Definitely possible. I know what I'm doing Halloween evening. Not playing the Ouija board? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll have a few blue goos. I know. I, I'm always drawn. Like there's always that feeling in me that I want to. We have mm. one. But last time I did it, I had this overwhelming, dark, weighty feeling all evening. Oh, really? It followed me. Remember that? We talked. We told that story before. But by the way, check out our Ouija board episode. If you're members, it's on our expansion, uh, expansion.bluefall.com. Uh, Ouija. Oh, uh, Ouija Gone Wild. Ouija Board's Gone Wild. Yeah, we covered um, Rosemary Ellen Guiley's really great book, Ouija Gone Wild. We talked about Zozo a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting episode. You guys check that out. Access granted. This next one. Yeah, this is the last one for the evening. Oh, isn't there one after that? Uh, we don't have to do it. The last one I included because there's a doggy in it. I thought you'd like that. But we can always roll into the expansion. If you like dogs and you like spooky happenings on Halloween evening, stick around for that. Awesome. Well, let's do this last story. This is submitted by Jennifer, one of our uh, wonderful listeners out there. And this happened in the southwest region of Oklahoma. When she submitted the story, there's more details. She's been haunted her entire life, basically. And we will have the rest of her account, which we'll probably use for future episode listener stories. But we'll have that in our listener stories archive if you want to read more of her account and yeah. her life story. Check that out, guys. Go to websitebluefault.com and click on listener stories. But today we're focusing on the event that occurred around the Halloween aspect of her tale. And this is a we- another Ouija board story, right? It becomes that, yes. Ick. You want to go? Oh, John, I have you being the demon angel, by the way. Demon angel? What is this, midnight mass? You'll see, you'll see. See that there, John? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just block him out. I didn't even realize he was giggling like that. All right, here we go. Hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm 36, and I grew up in a small town in southwest Oklahoma. I've been experiencing unexplained phenomena most of my life. We moved to Oklahoma when I was age 7. I had my first strange experience in that house when I was 12. I was getting ready for school one morning, and as I stood in the bathroom with a hairbrush on the counter, I noticed right in front of me the hairbrush raised up, handle first, into midair, almost level with my face. I still don't know why I did this to this day, but I grabbed the brush, quickly ran it through my hair, and then threw the brush and ran out the bathroom. I remember feeling really freaked out and tried to tell my mom, but she didn't believe me. The following year in middle school, I started reading some books in the occult section of the public library and made some friends with a small group of kids my age with a similar interest in the subject. We didn't do much other than goof off at the library after school reading spooky books and attempted to send each other telepathic messages with our mind. Sounds familiar. Yeah. This is when I started noticing more strange things. Later that same year, I was sitting in my bedroom alone, talking on the phone with my friend Sonia. I don't remember what we were talking about, but suddenly I couldn't hear her, and I kept saying her name. I then heard a soft female voice I didn't recognize speaking to me through the phone. The voice called me by name and claimed to be an angel and said for me to not be afraid. I got up from my bed and started pacing around the room, freaking out, and the voice then said, I'm at the foot of your bed. I was really scared at that point and started asking what this was about and what they wanted. The voice then told me that I was supposed to go down in your basement on Halloween night, light a candle in the dark basement, and you will see the face of an old lady. 
The voice then told me that when you walk down the long hallway, don't look behind you, or you will see the old lady following behind you. The voice then said, I have to go. I am leaving. Right about then, I could hear my friend Sonia on the phone, saying my name and asking what was going on. Jennifer, what's going on? Can you hear me? Jennifer! Jennifer, what's going on? I asked if someone was playing a joke and she had no idea what I was talking about. I started to cry and tell her everything about the voice on the phone. I was so shook up and scared to be home alone, so she put her mother on the phone to try to calm me down. Her mother believed in demons and told me she thought it was something dark and not an angel communicating with me. Her advice was to have the house blessed. We never did have the house blessed, and I didn't talk to anyone about the voice on the phone because it scared me so much. I didn't sleep very well for a while after that. When Halloween rolled around that year, I didn't go into the basement. I felt like something bad was going to happen if I had done what the voice asked. I knew my parents had briefly mentioned at some point that an older lady had fallen down the steep basement stairs years ago and passed away from the injury. My mom had one particular experience seeing an apparition in that house of my dad's friend that committed suicide. Whenever I ask her for more info on this incident, she doesn't want to talk about it. I'm hoping someday to hear more of her experience and to share it with permission. I have many more experiences to share that I've experienced either with my husband or a friend in more recent years. I'll share those with you all another time. Hope you enjoyed these weird experiences I had growing up in that house. I'm interested to know if anyone else has had anything similar happen to them. Love your podcast. Jennifer. Very creepy story. Yeah. yeah. Does not sound like an angel's advice. No. no. Go in the basement, summon an old woman, but don't look back. <laughs> and uh, go to church on Sunday. Midnight mass. Right? They were just talking about that show before recording. Good show. Uh, well done show. Uh, things I didn't love about it, like the long Stop monologues. Stop talking. <laughs> Stop talking. Yeah, long monologues, but uh, no, definitely well done. Just the idea of an angel or a demonic entity impersonating an angel mm-hmm. sort of situation. Yeah. Or the confusion of that. Because we talked about in the Bible how there are some descriptions where they sound terrifying. Mm-hmm. Be not afraid. It's definitely an interesting idea. I think that show yeah. did very well. I guess relating it to this story though, it just se- it doesn't seem like something an angel would ask you to do. No. Yeah. Especially on Halloween night. <laughs> yeah. And these are friends. So Sonia is a friend, part of a group of friends she met in the occult section of the public library because they all had that similar interest. So mm-hmm. I don't know if she was one of that group. I'm guessing. Did she say that? That's kind of what I inferred okay. by the way it was written. But regardless, like that's an interest that they had. You know, you always see that story, especially when your kid's like, you're messing around with stuff or you're looking into stuff that looks back at you. Be careful. It definitely sounds like maybe if it wasn't a prank by Sonia, which it sounds like it wasn't, it's definitely Well, if it, that's, you know, I thought about that, but then I thought if it was, why would she put her own mother on to calm down her friend? <laughs> Remember when we pranked Pat? We told him there was a killer in the house and oh, yes. his dad was going to call the cops. Yeah. And then we had to like tell his dad, we're just joking. We're just joking. That was a pretty mean prank. That was a mean. I'm sorry, Pat. We didn't do that a lot. Uh, so it could be, could be a prank. But I, but I, I, I mean, I take Jennifer's word, obviously. She knows Sonia. But again, and, uh, put it this way. If you were, let's say you were playing a prank on your friend in school and you did this thing where you did this really mean thing and, and told them that it was uh, an angel telling you to go downstairs and you'll see an old woman on Halloween. Weird thing to say. And then your friend gets really upset. Would your first response to be like, hold on, let me put my mom on the phone so she can calm you down. Right. Go ahead and tell my mom what you just heard on the phone because the mom's obvious first response would be like, did you say this? Right, that's a good point. Oh, you're putting yourself under fire there. Yeah, yeah. I had that initial question Also, what kid is going to think to pretend to be an angel to then try to convince you to do something creepy? That's kind of a weird extra twist. Well, I did in elementary school. 
You did? I did. When I first day of school, I was on the playground and I told a kid that I was his guardian angel. And when he wasn't looking, I would hide behind trees and picnic tables. Yeah, <laughs> it's very weird. That was an imaginative strange child. You didn't do that to scare him. No, no. It was That's just, what I'm saying. That weird twist of it being like, you're going to pretend to be an angel pretending yeah, to be. That seems like a mature concept. Exactly. Yeah. Because as a kid, you're like, yeah, your angels are for good. Unless you have a little dark, twisted kid mind. Exactly. Well, the stuff that happened in that house, you wonder if there's something about that house. Like a lot of it stemmed from that house. She did have an earlier experience where when she was young at a previous house, she would always fall asleep and feel like she was falling and see colors, which was kind of interesting, which made me think of -of out-of-body experiences. Mm -hmm. And so many of these lifelong haunting stories often begin with out-of-body experiences or they're closely tied to out-of-body experiences. What if the old lady is an entity in that house or even maybe a a spirit that remains and has become corrupted in some way? She said that an old woman had died down those stairs. Maybe that voice was of the woman pretending to be an angel so she could summon herself. You know, last thing I'll say about that story, which is interesting, is I just happened to come across when I was looking for stories some sort of tradition where if you take a candle and you light it and you look into a mirror and stare into your eyes on Halloween night, you will see yourself age. Well, that's weird. We just talked about the idea of looking at yourself in the mirror for a long time. I know. That's, Who wrote in about weird? that? Someone wrote in about that. Did someone write in or did we just discuss it? We were talking about mirrors in general. No, it was no, a no, mirror they, story. They wrote in and suggested specifically that we do that specific thing. Wait till it's dark. And just look at your eyes in the mirror to where you can barely see like the glowing of your own eyes long enough and you'd be freaked out. I'll, maybe I'll drop that I, in if I, I can know, find out what that we, was. Our last listener story, we covered the mirror story, the guy being pulled yeah. from the entity in the mirror. And John brought up the idea, you know, mirrors are weird in general. You look at yourself in the eyes in the mirror, it is sort of strange. And then I think someone wrote in about that, but yeah, fascinating account. Thank you, Jennifer, for sharing. We have a lot of other listener submissions that we will get to over the course of time. Yes. Thank you guys for, for sharing. Speak pipes too, we need to catch up on as well. But um, yeah. thank you to everybody who's reached out, sent stories in. We're building that stories archive online. I think it's going to be a very valuable resource moving forward. Absolutely. Accessible to all. Oh, just a quick shout out to Kayla, who ordered a Dogman shirt while we're recording. Not the new design, but the one that is currently up at the store. The one that looks like he's skateboarding. Kayla from Topeka. Yeah, it's Jeremy's <laughs> design. It's not my design. It's an old drawing, but I just tried it's a great to vectorize it. Well, I hope that you enjoyed these stories for your Halloween season, listeners. Yes, whether you are trick-or-treating yourself creepily, or taking your kids trick-or-treating, or just watching the trick-or-treaters, or feeding them your candy. Be safe, have fun, and stay creepy and vigilant. You never know what real monsters are lurking amongst the crowd of imposter monsters. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this. And let's take it away to a quick thank you for our new expansion members. Yay! And patrons of the whole. Oh, and thank you to Megan for the free Reiki healing that I will be receiving. What a cool, generous thing to do. I'll have to let you guys know what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Don't tell me anything too scary about myself, Megan. Maybe she can improve a lot with you. I've got a, a lot of room for growth. <laughs> <laughs> Cue that juicy music, John. There it is. All right, Dominic, thank you for joining the hole. Thanks, Dominic. Woo! Laura Jones, Laura. you're my friend. Welcome yes. in, my Laura Jones. Mr. Jones and me, Cassandra Barrett. Welcome. Hey, Cassandra. Thanks. Yes. Eating her carrots. Wesley Etheridge. Wesley. Yes. Melissa wants her guitar back. Welcome into the hole. Nice. Danny Drop Shadow. What? That is a cool name. Yeah, that is pretty. He must be a text worker. Yes. Or a shadow person. I think he's a son of a Photoshop effect. All right. Thank you. Welcome in Paul Pornscott. Ponset. Ponset. Wow, Jeremy read that wrong. Paul Ponset. Not Pornscott. Pornscott. <laughs> Sorry. It is, the angle is not good for me. Well, yes. Oh. Welcome in, Paul. 
Woo! Na, 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 na. Yes. Renee Sherwood. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Renee. I surely thank you. Hope you enjoy the episodes. Awesome. Welcome to Jay Areza. Welcome, Jay Areza. Welcome to the Welcome, Omega. Sir. Enjoy the show. We invite you to the whole Cameron Begnaud. Cameron yes. Begnaud! Cameron. Cameron Begnaud. Not pronouncing that right. Jacob Benson. What? Oh, another Benson. Good to have you. You here. can't never have enough Bensons. Welcome in. Welcome to. Yes. Keegan Wanstall. Keegan yes. Wanstall. K- yes. Keegan. Sorry, we can't K-K-K-Keegan. see with the screen, so we're gonna. We're relying on Jeremy for pronunciations. Awesome. Welcome in, Keegan. Yes. Yes. Meet Olivia H, guys. Olivia H, what you waiting for? Hey, Liv, Liv. Get in here. Colin Flash. Yes. What? Where'd he go? Flash. He's so quick. Spelled S C H. Oh, hi. Flash. 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 Welcome, my friends. He's a Klingon descent. Devin Johnson. Hi, Dev. Hey, Johnson. Is your father Gary? <laughs> Libertarian candidate for president? <laughs> he had my vote. Good guy. Adam Moore. Welcome in, more Adam Moore. More of what yes. is the question? More Adams, hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. More Adamy goodness. More hole for you, Adam. Welcome in. Welcome to Maddie Bowsher. Ooh, Maddie Bowsher. Or Bowsher. 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 Well, congratulations. Yes. Yeah. Join us. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to be here. Welcome to be welcome here. Welcome to be here. Awesome. David Deguano. It's good to have you, sir. Oh, Deguano the Iguana. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome in, bud. He gets that all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> Welcome, my friend. Yes. Uh, Sleeping Beastly. Ooh, that's Ooh. clever. Is that your real name? I hope so. Welcome. Welcome in. Do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Butler. What? Are you the same? A butler? You did this guy before, right? You <laughs> <laughs> said the same thing, too. Are you, what are you supposed we to come say? Come buttle us. Buttle. Buttle for us. Buttle us. Awesome. Daniel Dave Butler. Daniel Buttle. Good to have you, my friend. Kevin Hecht. Awesome. Kevin, Kevin Hecht. Hecht. What the heck? Kevin Hecht. That sounds like someone I went to school with. Kevin Ben. Ben. No, that's Kevin Peck. Oh, Kevin Hecht. Peck, Peck, Peck. What the heck? Thanks for being here. Did you run track? Northwest. Let us know. Nicole Desiree. Oh, oh hey, Nicole. Nicole. You're back again. Good special friend from throughout our history. Yes. It's good to have you here. Welcome, Nicole. Welcome, Nicole. The hole is made so much greater with you here, as you know. It's made for you. We made it for you. Awesome. That's right. Jump in. Casey Winters. Ooh. I like Casey. that. It's cold in them Casey's. Yes. <laughs> so bad. Welcome in, Casey. <laughs> uh, yes. Virginia Roman. Hello, Virginia. Virginio. Oh, I was going to do a Meet Virginia thing, but... Virginio? Virginio. Hello, Virginio. Virginio. Welcome into the hole. Fascinating name. Love it. Gladiator. Emily B. Welcome to the Believe Hole. Emily B. Emily B. Nice to see you. Welcome, Emily, to the B Hole. Yes. Jessica Elder. We must respect you. Because you are an elder. Our elder. Guide us, Jessica, into the shadows. It's good to have you. Amanda S. Ooh. As in E-S-S-S. E-S-S? Mm-hmm. E-S-S-S. Oh, yes. welcome, Amanda. Sounds yes. like it can't be a real name. Amanda S. S. We'll never know. Either way, well, 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 welcome. Daughter of the Serpent. Good to have you here. Okay. <laughs> Daughter of the Serpent. <laughs> Sounds better than I meant. Andrew Valchuccio. Hello, Andrew. Or Valchuccio. Wow. That's a mouthful. That's a great name. Holy crap. Uh, welcome, Andrew. Oh, welcome. Eric Desjarlias. Deskjar? Des- Desjarlias. I wish you guys could see these. I'm <laughs> not great at pronouncing. <laughs> welcome, Eric. Welcome in. Desjarlias. Desjarlias. Anyways, it's good to have you. 
We are very happy <laughs> to have line. you. Bottom line. Welcome here. <laughs> we are glad you are here. Please Welcome stay. to be here. Stick with us. Uh, Spikey Riley. Ooh, Spiky Spiky. Riley. Spikey Riley. I always prefer the Spikey Rileys. As opposed to the non-Spikey right. Rileys. They're just too dull. They're more fun, yeah. the Spikies. Yes. Welcome, Jessica. Welcome, yes. Jessica. What a bland name. <laughs> wow, that's an insult. <laughs> I'm joking. We're used to saying two names. That's so true. I'm Welcome, joking. Jessica. Jessica's a lovely, wonderful name. You've plunged deeper into the hole, and we appreciate you being here. Yes. Max Wookie. Awesome. Get your Wookie on. Or Wookie. W-U. I'm going to go with Wookie. I'm not sure if it's the Chewbacca variety. But it's great to have you, Max. Welcome Either to be way. here. Either way, welcome in. Welcome to be here. Now I can't not say that. <laughs> That's Excellent. a great shirt. Welcome, welcome to, to be, be here. here. Well, that'll be one of them. <laughs> I like uh, it. Thank you, Max. Uh, Becky. Becky. Oh, welcome, Becky. Becky Baxter. I wonder if this is the nice gal from Australia. She's the best. Lovely woman. Who's next? Josh Lamont. All right, Josh Lamont. Welcome in, sir. Come on down, my friend. Jesse Kessler. All right, a little Kess action. Yes. Kessie Kess Kess. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, Kess is a great Star Trek character. Very strange. Who's next? Lee Sutcliffe. Yes. Ooh, Lee, we've been waiting. Yes. We've been waiting, Lee. We've been waiting. It's been cold arrived. here in the hole until you arrived. arrived. You've yes. warmed our hearts yes. and cockles. Yes. And finally, for now, we have Oro Whitley. Yes, yes. Right. Welcome yes, to the yes, whole yes. Oro. Oro. Yes, yes, yes. Whitley. Yes, yes. Welcome to the whole. Are we on a loop? <laughs> <laughs> it is great to have you here, my friend. We're, we're having a hard time tying it up. All right. It's great to have you, and it's great to have everyone that's joined. And I have always a brief <laughs> cut what, off. Do you want me to fade it out like yeah, a normal we, person? Yeah, it's very unsettling. But to all of you who did not hear your name yet, you will eventually. We've got a long list of people to get through. But thank you all for joining, and we love to have you here. And hope you're enjoying all the extra episodes and wonderful enjoyment of life. Yes, you get here. Yes, and if you're not a member yet, sign up and. Join the team because there's a whole bunch of amazing content waiting for you. The hole's bottomless when you get into the expansion. Let me tell you what. It's going to grow forever and ever. Like the nothing in the never-ending story. But Mm, but better. But but happy. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, stay spooky this Halloween. Yeah, have an awesome freaking Halloween and uh, come join us in the the expansion. Stay safe, though. Yeah. Don't get too down the rabbit hole. We We want you back. But don't be afraid to explore. Yeah, you know what? If you get the urge to walk by a graveyard at midnight, maybe do it. Have a friend, though. Just Have do a, a few, few Hail Marys before the Ouija board. Use the buddy system, I say. All right, guys. We love you, and we will see you next time on... The Belief Hole. The Belief Hole. Hit it early, because it's too weird the other way. Oh, I always time up anyway. It's not the, it's just Belief Hole. On Belief Hole. That's a little better. Get it? I hate that part. <laughs> you do it, too, though. That's because you do it. You started it. Yeah.